I'd like to think we can, we have greater chances to grow with our customers. I mean, I think the similar organization, you're growing and we want to be able to do that. And so lots of our customers, you know, have grand plans for what they want to do. And you don't want to be the bank that can't service that as they get too big for you. Welcome everyone to the Ask a CEO show. Ask a CEO interviews bring us inside the corner office and C-suite for discussions with top executives about their journey to leadership and the reality of running their companies today. Our host, Greg Dimetrio, is the CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning integrated marketing company. He is also the founder of gregscorneroffice.com, the home of the Ask a CEO interviews. Greg has been in the business for over 30 years. He is a resource to the media, an invited columnist and speaker on marketing and business topics. Over the years, Greg has talked to hundreds of CEOs and executives about what it took to make it to the corner office and what it is really like being the leader of their companies. And now he brings those conversations to you. Here's Greg now. Welcome, everybody, to the Ask the CEO show, where we highlight the journeys of CEOs to the corner office and what it's like running their companies today. We've interviewed CEOs from many industries from all over the United States and internationally. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is Kevin O'Connor, the CEO of Dime Bank. He's returning to the show to tell us the backstory and the process of merging two large banks. We'll learn from him how the merger between BNB Bank and Dime Bank was first conceived, why it made sense, and why it was pursued. We'll also learn some of the inner workings of such a large deal. This is known as a merger of equals. Bridge Bank Corp Incorporated and Dime Community Bank Shares closed a multi-million dollar deal in February of this year. The two banks have joined together to operate 65 branches from Manhattan to Montauk Point on Long Island. They've rebranded as Dime Bank, combining multi-billion dollar banks now with a total of $20 billion plus in assets. And that's like turning an aircraft carrier around in the Hudson River. It should also be noted that the merger was undertaken during the height of the COVID pandemic. So thank you, Kevin, for returning to the Ask a CEO show. So, Kevin, last time you were here, we were talking about Bridgehampton National Bank, how it was operating under the COVID restrictions with the lockdowns and creating a remote workforce. And at the same time, you were providing business customers with financial support, and then you were processing a billion dollars in PPP funding. Funding That was a major accomplishment all by itself. But now I understand, in retrospect, you also had the merger in that mix. You were also going down that road already. Maybe you could lay out how that looked. Sure, sure. Well, I, I, you know, it, it as you know, the history of BNB is to really sort of grow uh, and to continue to serve the community. Uh, and uh, beginning in November, and I'll, I'll get my dates right because the world just went so fast. November of 19 uh, began a discussion with the CEO of Dime Community Bank, thinking that we were like-minded institutions that sort of didn't really have a lot of overlap, uh, and thought putting the two together would make sense. And we began conversations. Uh, yeah, who started, who started the conversation? I picked up the phone, asked him if he wanted to go to dinner. So, <laughs> and so, um, you know, and we had great conversations and we kept down the path. And, you know, these things take time. We get to uh, call it the, the middle toward the end of March and think we can cut it, you know, make it you know, create a transaction. And that's when COVID hit. And both of us felt like it was time to step back and see what was going to go on with the world. 
Um, and so we did, but we left uh, friends and said that this still makes all the sense in the world, but let's just cool off a little bit. Uh, we all did what we did on PPP during that period of time. While we did a billion, you know, they did almost 500 million. Uh, so again, proves like-minded organizations. Um, and we resurrected the conversations in um, early June and worked through and announced the transaction uh, right before July 4th. Um, and very excited about what the prospects were, creating uh, what we felt was a bank that didn't exist on Long Island. In early June, you were still dealing with the PPP funding? Yes, we were. And so on. Well, you had a lot of room on your plate. You know what? Uh, I have a great team. Already. We have a great team that was very focused. And, and again, I felt sort of the merits of doing this warranted. The board felt that. And so we put the things together. Uh, you know, group, a group of people worked on the regulatory and SEC filing. And everybody else continued to help customers. Um, and it culminated with uh, a transaction that closed on February 1st of this year. Uh, creating a $12 billion community bank headquartered on Long Island with a billion dollars of capital. There's all the products and services we think our customers need. Um, we're headquartered at Hopog, a stone's throw from where you are. Yep. And, um, you know, and have uh, moved forward. Um, and, you know, everything that we thought was positive about that transaction has occurred. Really? That was yeah. going to be one of my questions was, you know, sometimes you look down the road and the road takes a bend that you didn't see. So it's only about seven months. Yep. So in seven months, have you been hit, see any hiccups or were you guys pretty solid in your plan? We, we feel very good about what we were able to do. Um, you know, we, you know, the, the thing about banking transactions, uh, you know, you go back, it, we signed a transaction the beginning of July of 2020. Uh, and you have all the way through February 1st of 2021 to work through lots of the details. Mm -hmm. We began in earnest what would be our data conversion and our plans for that, because that's always the thing. You put two organizations together on different computer systems. You want to make sure you promise customers you can deliver seamless service. And that was really our goal. Um, and so lots of people worked on that. And again, large enough organizations, you can compartmentalize that. Uh, and so we had teams that were working on that part of the process mm -hmm. and other parts where all of our customer facing people are out there still telling the story that they were still here. Um, and so uh, we closed on February 1st, did our data conversion in uh, mid-April. So we're operating on one platform. We have some ancillary things we're still doing around the edges with some treasury management products, uh, but a group of people dedicated toward that. Uh, but then our business people are out there. They're still, you know, loan demand, there's still customer needs to be met. Uh, and so, um, we're very gratified to what we were able to accomplish in this period of time. Do you see any change in your basic business model going forward now that you put this larger entity together? I, I, so I'd like to think we can, we have greater chances to grow with our customers. I mean, I think the, you know, similar organization, you're growing and we want to be able to do that. And so lots of our customers, you know, have grand plans for what they want to do. Uh, and you don't want to be the bank that can't service that as they get too big for you. And so that yeah. allows us to do that. That was always a strong point with BNB uh, was the responsiveness to clients and their understanding of the business community. So you're in a stronger position now to still be just as responsive, if not more so. I feel that way. I mean, I you know I I think that you know this is you know anytime you put something together, there's, there's little bits of little bits of hiccups. We've changed some systems and things, so maybe the process is slowed a bit. But I I'd like to think that's temporary, and I think we're starting to see that. Um, you know. 
And so uh, I feel very good uh, that the teams we have in place, you know, we have a breadth of coverage across really Montauk to Manhattan. I think before we say Montauk to Manhattan and we skipped over Brooklyn, now we're covered in most of Queens. So, uh, so I, I feel like maybe, maybe I oversold it before actually telling more of the truth today. So, um, well, it's a good thing because I, that's what I said in my intro from Manhattan to Montauk. So <laughs> thank God you did that. I have to go. But listen, so I mean, you've always had B and B's always had a huge presence here on Long Island. What does the, the merger into Dime mean to that and to the Dime community? Is there going to be like the same synergy that we were all used to and comfortable with when it was B&B? Is the synergies that aligned with each other? They are. They are. I mean, the headquarters is right here in Hotbox, so our board is still local. The decisions are still being made here, you know, by the by the people that sit in my office. And so... Um, you know, and then they have greater coverage in Manhattan. I think that we have customers that we were servicing here that had businesses in Manhattan or Brooklyn. We can do that better. Uh, they had, uh, you know, the dime had really made a transition from what had been a traditional savings bank, just doing multifamily loans and consumer deposits to truly being a community bank. And so this just accelerated that trends, that, that, that sort of growth or trajectory for them. Uh, for us, they actually had some systems that were more advanced than us on treasury management side and things that we were eventually going to move to, literally the products we were planning on going to in 18 and 24 months, we were able to accelerate that because they were already on those. That was one of the questions I had when, when, when you when you came together. It was not just merely, let's put these two big entities together to make something even bigger. There were There were pieces of the puzzle, like you just said, you were looking down the road to do, they already had in place. What was the converse on that? What did BNB have that Dime didn't have? Well, I think that we had a probably a more focused approach to a branch banking. You know, you know, our, our branch managers uh, are truly business people. They're out there so that they can do the kind of loans that a lot of a lot of banks don't have their lenders can be able to do. Um, and so, uh, you know, they had their sort of approach to community banking was a little bit more using private bankers, not using the branch network, although they have incredible branch managers. So I think it was just a matter of sort of kickstarting that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I spent uh, a good bit of time in their branches, met many of their branch managers and excited about the prospects. I mean, uh, we started early in this conversation talking about COVID and there's still this fear about going, seeing people, but I have been getting out more, getting to see some customers, uh, spent a lot of time in the branches and, and real excited about the prospects of um, the communities. I think sometimes we on Long Island are a little bit jaded to think that the boroughs don't have their own distinct communities. But I think you and I both grew up in the yeah, boroughs and they are. And these branches are in the fabrics of those communities, just like ours are. And so, um, you know, the Queens Chamber of Commerce, the, you know, the Brooklyn Chamber of Commerce, I've attended you know meetings there and uh, virtual, if you will. But uh, we were at the Queens uh, Botanical Gardens for an event, and you met so many people that are, you know, small to medium-sized businesses that are our customers that are looking for that ability to talk to people who can make decisions. So, um, so it is, you're, uh, you're entering into a whole another diverse communities when you talk about Brooklyn, Queens, and Manhattan, as opposed to Long Island. I mean, we're diverse on Long Island, but not <clears> anything to the extent that Queens is like Tom Gretsch. I talk to him all the time. He is a great guy. I've had, oh, I've yes. had a couple, I know oh, him for years. Yeah. What a good guy. But I had him on the show. He was, he's all right. Uh, so we've traveled in some of the same circles and that, 
it's a different world when you when you go to Queens or go to a Queens chamber meeting. It's like the UN, right? But, but our branches reflect the, the diversity of the population too. That that's that's what's important. I mean, I I haven't done the, some of my colleagues count the number of languages their employees speak. I probably have not done that yet. Maybe I need to do that, <laughs> but I'm sure it's a good bit of them. Um, and so they're they they are in their communities, and so, so it, you're automatic. You're automatically diverse. <laughs> Automatically, it just it just happened that way, and there you are. So you're covered, and I, I'll back you up on it. Thank you. No, I mean seriously, it's it's. I find it very interesting because I've met Sikhs, I've met Muslims, I've met Orthodox Jews, I've met the whole gamut. You name it, it's part of those communities, and and for you to service that population, to have that in your organization is what a plus that is. Yes. Yeah. And it's um. And you you watch the enthusiasm of our employees. I mean, I think I shared with you in, in the PPP process how they were energized by their ability to help out. Um, I think as we have gone through this merger process, and it really was a merger process, putting together two equal-sized organizations and trying to pick the best of both, um, I, I think they're gratified by the fact that they've been engaged in the conversation. Um, we've introduced a, a little bit more of our communication. So I think I shared with you during the pandemic, we were having weekly town hall meetings with all of our employees. You know, I probably have less to say now, so I do it biweekly, um, <laughs> but we're still doing that. And so it went from having, you know, 300 people on to 500 people, 500 little you know, nodes getting on um, and trying to um, boil down what we, we, we inundate people with emails and texts and not even memos anymore. I won't say that I'll date myself, but to be able to have sort of that, I'll call it at least a one-on-one -on -one conversation to be able to, um, encourage people as we have gone through this process. So primarily, are you still using the zoom platform or, or video platform to for, yes, for, for our, you know, for, you know, we're, you know, company-wide events, we have not yet, uh, figured out a way to get everybody together. I think we were getting close. You know, we had historically done an employee appreciation event at, at BMD uh, where every employee got to come. And then we had done a holiday party that, you know, was, you know, you and a guest. Yeah. Um, and so all of that obviously got canceled last year. Um, and we were hoping to do it again this year. I, you know, it'll be interesting to see what we can actually do before the end of the year. I, I you know, I really like to do that. It's one of the things that our employees have asked that they, they used to appreciate that employee appreciation effort. Right. Um, and we will do something to again. You, you as a CEO have never been a wallflower. You've been out amongst the people since as long as I know you. And it's really frustrating because I know with this COVID thing, that ability to be with your people, to be with your friends, I count you my friend, to yeah. be with you is very frustrating. It's like unnatural, it's unhuman. People are supposed to be with people. Yes. So let's hope that this new phase passes and passes quickly so that we can get back on that more uh, normal way. I was looking forward to being out doing lunches and breakfast and go to networking meetings. And it kind of like, okay, some people are doing it and some people are not. So you must have had some plans that you put on hold or no? We've had to, you know, we, we, we a couple times a year, we do an officer meeting where we try to get everybody in place and we've had to, you know, temporarily postpone that. And I, I hope to get that back again. Obviously, everybody's health and safety is is, is, is paramount importance. Uh, and, you know, so we want to do it in a way that everybody's comfortable. Uh, and, you know, we're, you and I are both optimistic that this passes and, and we get back to, you know, whatever the new normal looks like, but create an opportunity for everybody to get together where, 
you can put um, sort of faces with names. I, I was at an event yesterday and I, I met well, one of the lenders who I had not yet seen. And I kid around. He, he, he says, you didn't recognize me. I said, because you weren't in a box this big. <laughs> you weren't in Hollywood Squares. No. <laughs> so listen, both of the banks were public companies. Yes. But that's got to throw a whole nother dimension on doing a merger because you have to get the shareholders to agree and you have to get the regulators to agree. Maybe you could give us a little bit about what that looks like from the inside. So they sort of run down parallel paths, and that, that began in earnest uh, last July, uh, where you file a lot of documents with the uh, with the regulators, both the Federal Reserve Board and for us, the New York State Banking Department. Um, so we went through that exercise, and they have questions. It's an iterative process. Uh, as a public company, yes, we both had to get shareholder votes. So we filed all the appropriate documents with the SEC and had shareholder meetings where they were, you know, uh, approved, you know, the strong majorities. Um, and so now we trade, you know, we trade as the new dime, if you will, um, you know, and, and market cap in excess of a billion too. Um, we have uh, had our second quarter as a public company with a you know, be sure press release the end of July. Uh, and we're very proud to basically say we've hit our goals on efficiency ratio. Uh, we're ahead of our target on DDA growth. Um, you know, loan growth was strong. Deposit growth was strong. Um, it really did feel, and so we've had the opportunity, and, and one of the things that as a public company you get to do is you get to talk to investors and analysts. And so we've had a number of meetings uh, where we've gotten to you know, sort of tell the story of how we got from you know, where we were last July to where we are now a uh, year and a month late, later. So out of the blocks, you're, you're very positive, yeah? I, I am, and, I, and I, again, it's a testament to these were two strong companies going into it. Um, they had, they sort of knew what their missions were. They were uh, focused and, you know, we worked together and I've, I've, I've given the joke a little bit to even trying to put together data conversions. One of the things that you obviously are trying to pick the best of both systems. And you also have people that are coming from two different organizations and there's pride of ownership. And so one of the, one of the things we didn't want to have is sort of a conflict between these two groups that were going to have to work together. So we hired a, a consultant to sort of work in the middle and they became the common enemy, which I think was the right approach. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. I love it. Cause you don't ever want it to be an us and them situation. No, and it really, I, I don't to... think it has. I mean, I, there'll, there'll be isolated incidents, but I, I, I think it really has been, you know, early on and, and you're somebody involved in, in marketing and communications, you know, we created a new logo. Right. I mean, while it's the name is the dime, it was a new logo, a new company. Uh, and uh, if you ever get a chance to go on a website, I mean, the, the, the way that the uh, the illustration of the video that's out there that took the two existing logos and put it together, um, it truly was, you know, trying to take their name. I should say the name, the dime, which I think is iconic uh, and taking what had been our either sailboat or vision from a lighthouse and put it together. And I think that has been the logo. It's, and I think it's, it's inspired people. It's uh, I don't have enough swag to give away at this point in time. But from, it's, from my side of the street. Yes. It was very successful. I thought it was well done. There are some logos that I see that are rebranding logos and I go, what were you thinking? But you guys really did a great job. I don't know who did it for you, but kudos to them. So listen, so, do you see any substantial changes down the pike in the services or the focus of the bank? I really don't. I mean, I think it's, it's you know, we're always going to fight to make sure that we stay close to our customers, uh, that uh, everybody stays, you know, and I said early on, it was making sure that the focus was on the customer and not so much about the internal issues that we had to deal with. Uh, and I think we've done a good job there. 
Uh, I'm, you know, again, we'll continue to evolve our services. I think, you know, one of the things I think I said early on is that we we switched our treasury management, our cash management products to theirs, which are more sophisticated. We know that we have to have more digital offerings. Uh, we're working on our phone system. That's probably probably the biggest work in progress at this point in time as we try to put together what had been three or four different phone systems under one. Um, but I, I do feel like, you know, we are of a larger size and scale to be able to deliver the you know, the, the larger loans, but still do it in a very personal way. All the branch managers have remained in place. Um, you know, we continue to look at our branch network. I mean, and we are closing half a dozen branches between the two organizations over the next couple of months. It's because the customers have told us they're not going there, right? They're, you know, it's to it, build it if they build it. If you build it, they will come. If you build it, they don't. Maybe you don't need it. And I think that's been some of the changes. Um you know, and, and, you know, we'll continue to, you know, we, listen, we're not going to be at the bleeding edge of technology, but we'll make sure that we have everything customers need. Right, right. So now is that going to be, are you going to be put in a position where you're going to have to increase the digital play? Because that seems to be the biggest trend in the banking side. People are not going to the branches as much as they used to. So uh, you know, what it, does that mean for you guys? Well, I think it's to make sure that, first of all, to make sure when people come to the branches, you have the right level of training and talent in the branches. People aren't coming there to make deposits and withdrawals anymore. They're coming with specific issues. Or So all of the people in branches need to make sure they're trained to understand and be able to help customers with a little bit more complex transactions. Yeah. Um, I think it's, you know, if you think about it, I'll just say, you know, the reason we were so successful at PPP was we had DocuSign, right? So people could basically execute documents without going anywhere. Nobody's, that is a pretty remarkable thing to accomplish and to put in place. People are closing loans, millions of dollars are changing hands with this DocuSign technology that we've all accepted. I recall it. I recall it. We did it here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We have the ability now to print, you know, you used to be able to go to banks to get official checks. We have the ability on a limited basis to provide that to certain customers, law firms and things like that, that do lots of those. So they can, instead of having to come at a closing and come to the branch, say, okay, I need these six checks that save these amounts to these people, they can do that remotely. So, um, you know, so it's it's things like that. You know, it, it's, it's net, they're not going to be the earth shattering change technology, but they're going to be different changes to make things more, you know, readily uh, easy to do. Right, 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 right. I mean, your business, your whole industry is in flux now with all the consolidations and changes and yep. the online plays and so forth. So in, in light of that, what does the future look like for Dime? Well, you hit upon it. I mean, in our marketplace, there has been two rather large transactions announced where, uh, you know, a local, I'll call it a local bank, Sterling, that had you know branches here and and were basically had a big headquarters in Jericho. Has been bought by a bank in Connecticut, Webster, uh, and People's Bank that had come in and bought Bank of Smith down in Suffolk County National was bought by M mm and -hmm. um, Neither one of those other the, the two acquirers had big branch networks here. Um, I think that's another opportunity for us to continue to tell our story that you know where you know. We're we're bigger than we were. If this transaction had happened two years ago, we would be size we would be sized at five billion dollars. Maybe not be able to compete. I think we're better able to compete today with a billion dollars in capital. Uh, so you know we continue to look at being able to grow organically through taking market share as part of these transactions, but also to take market to to grow our company because our customers are growing. Um, you know if if. If there's some of the other things you could take away from sort of the pandemic is that there's lots of companies, especially in the park and where you and I spend a lot of our time, 
that have grown through this. They've identified new niches. I mean, I, you know that I, the entrepreneur and their, their spirit and their ability to reinvent themselves is amazing to me. And that has happened. And so you want to participate. Yes, there, there are some sad stories of businesses that are no longer here, but there are stories of, of, of companies that have sort of morphed and changed their business and, and evolved and, you know, will come out of this stronger. You know, it's it's interesting because, you know, I think lots of companies took serious hits going into the pandemic just because the economy didn't know which way was up. Once the dust started to settle a little bit, and like you said, people, restaurants, takeout, right? Whoever thought they were going to do that? Tents in the parking lot. Oh. Whoever thought they were going to be able to do that? Entrepreneurs will always find a way to work what's going on. What happens outside the building you have to respond to what happens. As long as inside is secure, you got to fight for it. I mean, we've gone through the 2008, 2009 financial debacle. We're still here. You're still here. That means we've got something internally that says, you know what? We're American entrepreneurs and we're just going to keep trucking and we're going to do what we have to do. So we've recovered from that huge hit that we took. Thank you for your help during the PPP process because that was the lifeline that we needed. But in, in the same time, we've made serious changes to what we do. We changed the business model. We rebranded re, the company. Um, we're bringing in higher talent to go after better accounts, bigger accounts. We, we learned from the you know, low-hanging fruit, but guess what? Companies like in your level are who we're talking to now. We want to work for companies who understand what the marketplace is all about. All right. So we've had to change. The point is, COVID forced that. This show, COVID forced it to go to Zoom. It's always been in the studio. Two camera operators, a producer. Now it's on Zoom. It's me and you together having a conversation. So it's all changed. I don't know what's going to happen when we get back to something that looks a little bit more like normal. It's going to be something like a hybrid of what we had before, I think. Well, I don't I don't think we're ever going to get back to exactly where we were before. I really don't. I don't, I don't mean that in terms of the economy. I mean, in terms of functionality and, and, and tactics. I was, you know, I'm on the board of South Community College, and we had a, I had a conversation with the president this morning, new incoming president. I think it's been, been there a couple of months now about, you know, how to, you know, the, the, you know, people go to school that are working full time, how that can work so much better today with this mix of, you know, in-person and, and virtual classrooms. I mean, you know, we've all, we've, you know, I know I started, I would take a couple of night classes and okay, I got to rush home to get to my six o'clock class. And now it's not, you can, but it's gotta be a mix because you can't, I, I think there is sort of that in-person part that you need. So it's, you know, that will, I just, it, that's a little example, but kind of, as you said, the kind of conversations we're having, even our board process today, you know, we, we, we've had obviously had to meet virtually for the last year and a half, even through all of this, through all the things we did, you know, we want to get together in regular board meetings, but maybe some of the committee meetings will always stay this way. And yeah. they're effective. Yeah. Yeah. Certain of the organizations that I belong to are trying to figure out what the mix is going to be. Are we going to be able to do this? Well, I mean, it was very convenient to do these Zoom meetings, you know, once a month, but you lose the personal touch. Mm -hmm. And that I think a lot of people feel that we're kind of gregarious in terms of being business owners and entrepreneurs. You want to be with people. So people are going to find out how to do that, I think, I hope. Uh, well, it, be locked down again and, and, and get thrown back in the closet. 
you know, we started our conversation very, very personal, right? Just kind of catching up and kibitzing, if you will, right? And, you know, and then we all went to board meetings and there'd be six of those little pods doing that. And that doesn't happen on Zoom because it's you just can't do it, right? So we were able to have that one-on-one yeah. thing. So I, and, I I and I can't say, can I buy you a cocktail? <laughs> you know, that's going to have to wait, I think, a little while longer, a little while longer. So listen, I don't want to take up your whole day. I really appreciate the time you've given us. I love the story of the merger. And I always give the guests the floor. So it's yours now. How do we get a hold of you guys? What do you have to offer? And what do you have to tell us? So I appreciate it. So listen, I, you know, I'm here. It's it's the new Dime Community Bank. Uh, we've got, you know, 60 locations across Long Island and ready to serve. We have, uh, uh, we've got uh, over a hundred year history between the two organizations in satisfying and serving the communities. We believe in the marketplace we're in. We've got great talented bankers that are looking to help you. And so it's, you know, dime.com. Please come in. We will. We'll, we'll send everybody we know to you. I appreciate it. I have to, truth be told, we're we're a client and you're a personal friend of mine. So if the audience understands that, that's even better. <laughs> I wouldn't bring you anybody who I didn't love and respect. So there you go. So that's a wrap, folks. Don't miss another episode of Ask a CEO. The video versions are available on YouTube and at gregscorneroffice.com. The audio podcast is available on all major streaming platforms. And if you enjoyed the show, please like, share, and subscribe. So we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's a wrap on another Ask a CEO interview. We hope you enjoyed the talk. We'd love to hear from you. Visit gregscorneroffice.com, click the Ask a CEO tab, search your favorite listening app or view on YouTube. Click the subscribe button and don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye from Ask a CEO.